Hey, BSN listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. These guys' reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is also just flat-out rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the BSN Nuggets podcast, brand new edition of the show, Monday here in Denver. We are presented today by Total Beverage, where you can get 30% off your purchase of $25 or more by using the code BSN2019. You can do that online or on the Total Beverage app. And of course, Total Beverage also now has CBD products, and they also deliver to most of the metro area. So make sure to check those guys out. Fun show planned for you guys today. The NBA schedule dropped Monday afternoon here. So I'm going to go over that in a little bit, give you guys some key takeaways. What I think are going to be the toughest games for Denver. In my mind, what are the five most intriguing matchups or six most intriguing matchups for the Nuggets? I've got a bunch of those I'm going to go over. And also just some key trends and storylines that stuck out to me uh, because we still got, you know, over two months until the regular season starts month and a half, little under two months until training camp. So uh, still a lot of time, but you know, the day the NBA schedule comes out, you get a little excited, you know, it's close. You can see the season on the horizon. So I'll get to that in a few minutes, but just some news items to go over first. FIBA World Cup doesn't start until August 31st. I believe that's the first day of action. But, you know, teams around the country are getting in exhibition games. Team USA just had that blue and white scrimmage the other day. Mason Plumlee, Torrey Craig, both guys had a couple standout moments in that. I thought Mason Plumlee was probably the second best center on Team USA in that game behind starter Miles Turner. So we'll see. He might make the roster. You know, if I'm... Team USA, I'm probably carrying a few more bigs, a few more true centers than I normally would because you've got to go against the likes of Nikola Jokic, Marcus All, Giannis. You've got to go against Rudy Gobert in France. So maybe Denver carries an extra big, possibly. And no, Plumley, he's not like a Rudy Gobert type defender, obviously. He's not a Marcus All type defender, but you know, he's a big body at seven feet. He's strong, he's athletic. I think he could at least give Team USA a decent option against a few of those guys. You know, I, I can't imagine that Bam Adebayo would really provide much more resistance than, say, Mason Plumlee. So we'll see if he makes the team. And based on everybody that's dropping out, Kyle Lowry dropping out on Monday as well, although that seemed like it was probably going to happen. He's getting back from the thumb surgery and hasn't even really played yet with Team USA. Uh, so we'll see if Mason Plumlee makes it, uh, but a lot of exhibition matchups going on uh, across the globe. Serbia's had a couple as well that Nikola Jokic has played in. Uh, he's played in two of them, had 13 points in Serbia's first win over Lithuania a few days ago, 5-9 and nine from the field, had two dunks too. And then in Serbia's win over Lithuania on Monday here, they won 95-91, 14 points, 3-7 of seven from the field, 8-8 eight of eight from the line. Zero of three from three-point range. Five rebounds, five assists. Jokic was a team high, plus 18, in a little over 22 minutes. Uh, So nothing really out of the ordinary from Jokic there. Uh, Well-rounded game. 
didn't really play a ton, hasn't started any of these games, but he only did join the national team a few days ago. He wasn't with them at the very beginning of training camp, so they're probably just ramping up his minutes, and I mean, really no reason to play him heavy minutes here in exhibition games. I'm sure the Nuggets are fine with that, and I'm sure he'll obviously start and play more once the FIBA World Cup gets rolling, but they're most likely easing him into things here in these exhibition matchups. Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was on that 2016 team with Jokic that got that silver medal in Rio, played the U.S. really tough in that group game. I think lost by three. Bogdanovich actually had a three to win it, or sorry, a three to tie it, I believe, if you remember that matchup. But then, of course, the U.S. trounced Serbia in that 2016 gold medal game. But anyways, both Bogdanovich and Jokic were really young pups back then. I think Bogdanovich was probably coming off his rookie year like Jokic. I'm not even sure if he was in the league, actually. But, I mean, they're much better now. They're much older. They're, you know, three years older now, both of them. And obviously much more experienced, just better players overall. And, like, Bogdanovich looked really good today. Hit a bunch of threes, 27 points. I could see him being their top scorer, you know, in the World Cup. It is funny, though, watching Serbia because you would think after the season that Jokic had, and, you know, maybe they start doing this a bit more, once his minutes get ramped up and when he starts playing with that starting group and when these games actually start to count. But you would think certainly after the season Jokic had in the States where he got fourth in MVP voting, made the all-star team, made the all-NBA first team at the center spot, that Serbia would play through him a lot more than they have in these two games. And I don't want to take too much away from these first two exhibition games, but it's just kind of funny, especially after the year he had you think he'd be featured a little more because when Serbia does feature him and when, you know, they do play like Jokic ball, as I've called it, Serbia is like scoring every time. So uh, you got to wonder if they'll shift their focus to be a bit more Jokic centered. They do have a lot of talent for sure. Boban Marjanovic is on this team. Nemanja Bjelica is on this team who played in the league. Bogdanovic, obviously. So they're pretty loaded. Uh, I think they're probably the second best team behind the U.S., at the World Cup, and I believe our threat to win it, because I don't think this U.S. team is terribly strong, but to win it, I think they're going to have to center themselves around Jokic a bit more. And maybe they will. This is just two exhibition games, and like I said, Jokic didn't join the team until the past couple of days, wasn't with them, wasn't playing with them for the early part of training camp, so maybe that will come, but just a few quick observations there on how that Serbian team is playing, because I do think they're going to be a threat in the World Cup. Wancho has also played in a couple exhibition games for Spain. He's fared pretty well. You know, not any huge games by any means, but he's looked solid. That's going to be a pretty decent Spain team as well. Not as good as they've been in you know past Olympics, but they've still got Marcus All. They've still got Ricky Rubio. They've still got Wancho. His brother, obviously, Willie Aaron Gomez is playing with that team too. So there is talent there. I don't think they're the class of a team that Serbia is, but I think they're probably a notch below that. So I'll keep my eyes on those exhibition games because there are a bit more here. Spain is also playing the U.S. in an exhibition game this Friday on August 16th. So a lot of eyes will be on that one. So I'll definitely be tuning in, seeing how Spain and Wancho stacks up against the U.S. and giving you guys the full report on that game. On Monday's edition 
of the show. A couple other news items I want to go over here. I tweeted this out Monday morning, but the Nuggets are in Atlanta. At least some of the team is for Paul Millsap's voluntary minicamp at his core four practice facility down there in Atlanta. Something that Nuggets have done each last three seasons now, ever since Millsap signed here uh, two summers ago. So a nice team building thing that Denver has done every offseason. And they'll obviously, you know, play a lot. Denver's coaches go down there. So it's a pretty structured environment compared to a lot of these just offseason runs that, you know, guys are doing in LA and New York and wherever. And I've heard that Denver's planning on having six or seven guys down there. Malik Beasley will be there. Torrey Craig will be there. Tyler Cook, who's going to sign a training camp deal with the Nuggets, he'll be there. The Nuggets also reportedly signed P.J. Dozier to a one-year deal. That came down just as I started recording this podcast, so I'm not sure really the parameters of that deal. Uh, but the Nuggets still have an open roster spot and two two-way spots available, and second-round pick Bull Bull is still unsigned. So I'm not sure what Dozier's contract looks like, but a few notes on him. 22-year-old guard. He's six foot six, so he's pretty long. He's athletic. He's rangy. Averaged 21 points per game in the G League last year. And he never really shot the ball well from three, but shot 40% from long distance at Summer League. So maybe he's improved in that area, but should give the Nuggets some quality depth there behind, you know, obviously the starters, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, uh, but also like some Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, and Torrey Craig as well. But like I said, maybe six to seven guys from what I was told down in Atlanta this week for Denver. A couple of guys had obviously previous commitments like guys do throughout the summer. I believe Gary Harris is going to China with the NBA. Will Barton, he's got his camp that he does every summer back in Baltimore this week. And then, obviously, the FIBA World Cup's going on. Wancho's not going to be there. Jokic isn't going to be there. He's with Team Serbia. And then Mason Plumlee's still with Team USA, right? He hasn't been cut from the team. He's still with them now in L.A. I assume he'll be with them for a few of these exhibition games, too. So he won't be down there either. So not as many bodies, it sounds. Like last year, Denver had pretty much their whole team down there, except the international guys. Also, the rookie transition programs going on in New York, so I don't think Bull Bull would be there either. So Denver will have, you know, a few guys down there in Atlanta. Good time for them to bond on and off the court. And like I said, the chemistry and continuity on this roster from two years ago to last year was a huge reason why Denver got off to a 9-1 start. It was a huge reason why Nuggets got to 54 wins and went to the Western Conference semis. So the fact that that continuity is still there, and the fact that Denver's at least doing this again for a third straight year, not many teams do this. It's becoming more and more popular. The Lakers are doing something similar. The teams around the league do this as well. But the Nuggets have done this pretty consistently, very consistently over the last three years. So uh, they're committed to it. And I think it definitely shows some buy-in ahead of what's set up to be a really fascinating year where the expectations are just going to be really high. With that, I do want to get to... A breakdown of the Nuggets schedule, which came out Monday. I got a lot of thoughts on it. Quick, though, a word from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche. You guys know it's their classic American Amber Ale. 
but they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch Ale, but for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is a light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. And guys, seriously, Strawberry Sky, don't avoid it because it has the word strawberry in it. I know how you guys get. It's okay to drink a strawberry beer because it tastes freaking good. It's from Breckenridge Brewery. Like Nobody's going to care. Just order a Strawberry Sky, then at me on Twitter about how good it was. I guarantee you, you won't regret it. Look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. Also, make sure to look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsendeavor.com. You'll be able to see all the events that we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers and Strawberry Skies at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Also, before we move on, this from Green Mountain Dental Group. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment. All right, without further ado, the Nuggets 2019-2020 regular season schedule came out today. Always a fun day in the NBA calendar. The first thing I noticed when looking at the schedule, obviously opening night, and the Nuggets play no one other than the Portland Trailblazers on opening night. Yes, the team that Denver went seven games with in that emotional Western Conference semifinals matchup. That was a really fun series to watch because of the high quality of play on the court. I mean, you had Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris all having a really strong series. Will Barton had a couple big games. Torrey Craig, obviously. Uh, Paul Millsap, Malik Beasley, a lot of guys stepping up. And then you got Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and everybody on Portland's side of things. But also it was fun to watch and fun to report on and cover because of the shenanigans off the court and some of the comments made in the media. The sassy comment. It was a fun series to cover from all of those aspects. And just five months after Portland beat Denver in seven games, the Nuggets will play the Blazers on opening night, but not just on opening night in Portland. And that game will also be on ESPN. But they'll also have two preseason matchups against Portland. So all in all, the Nuggets and Trailblazers will play three times in the span of 25 days from October 8th to October 23rd when the Nuggets regular season opener takes place. That's going to be fun. And I think if you're looking for a rival, it's clearly Portland now. Uh, There were some legs to a couple things with Oklahoma City, with Westbrook and Jokic, and the fact that those games are always so fun and exhilarating. But, I mean, that Thunder team is so much different now. Westbrook is gone. George is gone. And there's nothing there that resembles any sort of a rivalry. Utah is obviously close in proximity, and there's been some classic games between those two sides, uh, but nothing has really happened that can constitute a rivalry, I don't think, yet. I mean, you've had the Lakers. They've had some drama with the Nuggets, but uh, the Nuggets and Lakers is not a rivalry. Minnesota, you had game 82, but Minnesota fell off last season, and the Jokic-Towns thing, I mean, Jokic has clearly jumped towns now when you're looking just at those two big men in the league with the all-star appearance last year in the all-NBA spot on the first team, too. So if you're looking for a rivalry, in my mind, it's clearly Portland. Because of the history between the two teams, because of the emotion that kind of poured out last year, and just the chippiness, and also the fact that Yusef Nurkic is there, and that always adds another intriguing aspect to when these two teams play, although... 
he'll miss the first part of the season for sure. You know, maybe he won't even return until the final months of the regular season. Maybe he won't even play at all next year. There hasn't really been a firm timetable on when he could come back from that fractured leg he suffered at the end of last season. Portland also lost Cantor and Seth Curry, who you know both provided some fireworks of their own on and off the court in that playoff series. But, you know, it's still Denver and Portland. And you guys know I'm extremely high on the Nuggets. I'm still waiting to reveal my official wins prediction for next year, but I can tell you guys it's high. That's all I'll say for now. It's very high. It's probably going to be higher than most. But anyways, Portland and Denver are still going to be really competitive next year. I'm sure we're still going to get a lot of high-intensity, testy, chippy games. So that's really the first thing that jumped out to me when looking at this schedule. Opening night against the Trailblazers, it's a good matchup. Just like last year's opening night matchup against the Clippers on the road, it will test Denver, and then the Nuggets come home for a second straight year and open the season at Pepsi Center against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, So a nice schedule for Denver right out of the gate, and I guess that gets into my other biggest takeaway. Just like last year, the Nuggets should get off to a really hot start. If you remember, Denver started 9-1 last season. They beat some really quality opponents. They beat the Clippers, the Warriors, the Jazz, and Celtics. But they also beat the Suns, the Kings, the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Pelicans. So Denver beat some good teams. They beat some bad teams right out of the gate. But I've said this once, I'll say it again. The continuity the Nuggets had last year, along with that schedule, helped them get out to that 9-1 start. But they've also got that continuity coming into this season. Denver will return 92% of their minutes from last year's 54-win team. And if you look at the Nuggets' schedule this year, it's arguably easier than it was last year. 10 of the Nuggets' first 17 games are at home, and 12 of the Nuggets' first 17 opponents missed the playoffs last year as well. I mean, here are just Nuggets' first 17 games. At Portland versus Phoenix, at Sacramento versus Dallas, at New Orleans, at Orlando, versus Miami versus Philadelphia, at Minnesota versus Atlanta versus Brooklyn, at Memphis versus Houston versus Boston versus Phoenix versus Washington at Sacramento. There's not a ton of playoff teams on that list. You've got Portland. You've got Philadelphia. You've got Brooklyn. You've got Houston. you got Boston. That's it. So a lot of teams that missed the playoffs, and yes, New Orleans is supposed to be better next season. Denver has them in that stretch on TNT. And, you know, Miami, they'll probably be better this season with Jimmy Butler, but... 12 of the Nuggets' first 17 opponents missed the playoffs last year, and 10 of those first 17 games are at home. I think the Nuggets could very realistically start the year 13-4, and four, start the year 14-3. and three. I think both those are very well within possibilities because that schedule to begin is not very tough, and a lot of the things that really benefited Denver at the beginning of last season, the continuity that they had, just the comfortability and how familiar everybody was with each other, that's going to be apparent and the case next season as well. So I'm predicting Nuggets to get off to a really solid start again. I think 14-3 and or 13-4 and is very doable over those first 17 games. Another big takeaway is that while the beginning of the schedule and those first 17 games are pretty soft, once the Nuggets get into March, man, things get a lot tougher. The toughest portion of this Nuggets schedule is in March. Denver plays 16 games in March. 10 of those come on the road. And the six home matchups that Denver has that month aren't a cakewalk either. 
They've got the Raptors, Warriors, Bucks, Clippers, Spurs, and Thunder. Those are their six home games. And those are sprinkled in around a really tough road slate. From March 5 through March 25, the Nuggets play 9 of 11 games on the road. They go at Charlotte, at Cleveland, home versus Milwaukee, at Dallas, at San Antonio, at the Lakers, home versus the Clippers, and then at Oklahoma City, at Toronto, at Chicago, at Miami. It's the toughest stretch of the Nuggets schedule. And it's in March, right when you know teams are jockeying for playoff position. So it is going to be very tough. But if you're Denver, you have to hope that you take care of business in November and December. And that can give you a little bit of breathing room if you struggle some on the road in March. And I know I mentioned those home games, the six home games that the Nuggets have that month are tough. Toronto, Golden State, Milwaukee, the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Thunder. The road games are tough this month, too. You know, you go at Dallas, at San Antonio, always a tough place to play, at the Clippers, at the Thunder, at the Raptors, at the Heat, and then the final game of March, March 31st, at Golden State. Clay Thompson could be back by that game. So March is the toughest month, the toughest stretch, the toughest portion of the Nuggets schedule. And so that was another big takeaway that I certainly had there. All right, I want to move on. My most anticipated games on the Nuggets schedule. I've got seven of these that I'm going to go over really quick. The first one already went over a bit. Opening night in Portland. Of course, the rematch of last season's Western Conference semifinal matchup. There's going to be a lot of eyes on this game. It's on ESPN. So it's a highly anticipated game and I think a great test for Denver out of the gate. Next on my list, December 3rd, when the Nuggets host the Lakers for the first time of the season, 7 p.m. on altitude. A team like the Clippers, like the Jazz, maybe like the Trailblazers, although I don't think they're of that quality, maybe of the Rockets, that the Nuggets will be battling with at the top of the conference all year. Of course, the Lakers got Anthony Davis. They've got pretty much an entirely different roster from last season. But by December 3rd, you know, that's a month and a half into the regular season. I don't think the Lakers are going to be gelling completely yet, but they should have a little bit of a rhythm. So that should be a fascinating matchup as well when LeBron James and Anthony Davis uh, come to Denver for the first time. Next on my list, December 25th, Christmas Day against Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. It was reported that the Nuggets were on this Christmas Day slate. I think it was like a week ago when that came out, but we didn't know the time. Nuggets and Pelicans, the last matchup on Christmas Day, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. Again, the first time Denver's playing on Christmas since 2012. And obviously, this will be Zion Williamson, who's probably the most hyped up top overall pick since maybe LeBron, maybe Anthony Davis. Maybe he's right in between those two, but it's going to be his first visit to Denver. The Nuggets' first matchup with him actually is on Halloween, October 31st in New Orleans. How about Halloween on Bourbon Street? Anyone? (laughs) Next up, January 12th, the Nuggets host the New Look Clippers for the first time. I think the Clippers should be the favorites if you're looking at a team in the West to win the championship, but maybe not in the Western Conference. There's been some stuff that's come out about how Paul George will miss maybe the first five or six weeks of the regular season. And so if that's the case, he should be back by January 12th, obviously. But you know, maybe he's still not in that same rhythm he was when he was healthy to start last season. But if you're looking 
at a favorite to win the NBA championship. I think the Clippers got to be near the top of that list, probably along with Milwaukee. Milwaukee would probably just be a heavier favorite because there's less competition in the East. But I think in a playoff setting where everybody's fully healthy, the Clippers are the best team in basketball. And so this will be a great test for Denver, obviously, the first time they face the Clippers. I feel like he and Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, should have a little bit of a mojo by January 12th, but maybe not the one that they'll have come playoff time, considering Paul George could miss you know, the first month and a half of the year. Next up, November 20th, the first time the Nuggets and Rockets will face off this year. And the reason I've got this matchup down is because I'm higher on the Rockets, I feel like, than most. And the Rockets have obviously been the Nuggets' kryptonite over the last several seasons. Denver was able to get one win against Houston last year. Then again, Clint Capella, who's just killed Denver time and time again over the last couple seasons, he did not play in that game. So we still have not really seen the Nuggets beat a fully healthy Rockets group. I guess we will never know if they could beat that group with Chris Paul because Chris Paul is no longer in Houston. Uh, They swapped him for Russell Westbrook, and I know that the Nuggets have defended Russell Westbrook very well over the last couple of seasons, probably better than most of the teams in the league, but I do wonder if Westbrook is going to be more dangerous on the Rockets simply because he's going to have a lot more shooting to work with than he did in Oklahoma City. I feel like this personnel that he's got in Houston fits him better than what he had with the Thunder as well. And so I think it's still going to be a really tough matchup for Denver, but maybe they do just match up with the Rockets a little better considering Westbrook, I think, will have like a higher usage than Chris Paul did last year. I think he's going to take on more of an offensive load than Chris Paul did. And maybe if that's the case, James Harden doesn't get as many touches as he did last season throughout the regular season. So Denver will have to worry about him slightly less and more of that offensive heavy lifting in Houston will be with Westbrook more so than it was with Paul last year. And like I said, Denver has defended Westbrook well. So maybe that makes the Rockets a slightly easier matchup for Denver. But the fact they still got Harden and Capella, you're going to have to stop that pick and roll. And the Nuggets and most teams throughout the league just have not been able to crack the code on that. So that's another one that made my list. November 20th, the first time those two teams face off. And then the final matchup or or matchups that make my list for most anticipated games, April 5th and April 14th, the Nuggets and Jazz face off twice over the final nine days of the regular season. And I like the Jazz. I'm high on the Jazz. Not as high as a lot of people are. I think the Nuggets are a tier above them. But these two matchups late in the year, they could have heavy implications when it comes to playoff seeding. And like we saw last year, we know how much things can shift over the last couple games of the regular season, you know, like they did last year. And Utah got screwed with the seeding last year, and Denver was the benefactor of it. The Jazz were on the side of the bracket with the Rockets, with the Warriors. The Nuggets got on the other side of it. And so we know how much those last couple games of the season can impact the playoff seeding and just how the playoffs will turn out. And those two games will be really important for sure. And that final matchup with Utah, it's on the second night of a back-to-back. So Denver closes the season on a back-to-back. Of course, they were great on back-to-backs last year, a league-best 12-1. and They also have 13 back-to-backs this season. But one of those happens on the last day of the year. The Nuggets host the Mavs, 
and then wrap up the season in Utah. So if you're the Nuggets, you've got to hope that you've locked in your seed by the time game 82 rolls around. Got to remind you guys real quick about the deal we've got going on at BSN Denver for subscriptions. We've still got the Broncos camp sale ongoing, which gives you 60% off a BSN Denver subscription. Of course, you get access to our Nuggets, Rockies, Broncos, Avalanche content. You also get a free t-shirt from bsendenver.com. You can log on to the site right now and check those out. And with this deal where you get 60% off a subscription, your BSN Denver membership comes out to just $2.91 a month. So you get all the content you want. We've got great Nuggets content on the site right now. I caught up with Malik Beasley last weekend at his MB5 Pro Academy right here in Denver at Mount Bello High School. Chatted with him about the camp, how it came to be. Also, his contract extension or potential rookie extension that he could agree to with the Nuggets before the start of the regular season. I don't want to spoil it, but there's some interesting tidbits that I think you guys would want to know just about his thoughts on that if he could see himself in Denver long-term and when that offer from the Nuggets could be coming. So you can read that on bsendeavor.com right now. He also said that the goal for the Nuggets and his goal is to win a championship next year. Came out and said that. So I think a lot of the Nuggets locker room feels the same way. So you can read that right now. You can also read my breakdown of the Nuggets schedule, which went up Monday afternoon. bsendeavor.com backslash subscribe. Enter the promo code BroncosCamp all one word, to get a membership to BS in Denver for $2.91 a month. Before I move on and give you guys a few more takeaways from the Nuggets 2019-2020 schedule, a quick word from Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a game-changing coffee. It's the CBD coffee that has changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it, CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right, final couple of takeaways from the Nuggets' upcoming regular season schedule, if you missed it, came out Monday afternoon, a big day in the NBA calendar. The three toughest games in my mind on this schedule, I feel like there's a couple here that you guys wouldn't expect. December 10th at Philadelphia, 5 p.m. Mountain Time on Altitude. The 76ers lost Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick this summer. We know that. They did add Al Horford and Josh Richardson. So they're going to be really good, especially on the road where this game takes place. And what makes this game even more difficult is the final night of a four-game road trip where Denver will visit the Knicks, the Celtics, the Nets, and finally the 76ers over a span of six days. So pretty tough competition on the road, on the East Coast, a long way from Denver. And they start out that road trip with the Knicks, and the Knicks are the Knicks. They're going to be really bad next year, but... They're going to be better than they were last year, and you worry about maybe overlooking them with a really tough next three games on this road trip because Boston, they're not going to be as good as they were last year, but they're still going to be tough on the road for sure. The Nets will be tough, and the Sixers will be tough. So I feel like that's going to be a really tough game. Final game of a four-game East Coast trip at the 76ers on December 10th. They've also got a lot of new pieces to that roster. They'll probably have somewhat of a rhythm at December 10th. Next up, 
another one of the toughest games that I saw for Denver on the schedule, March 25th at Miami, 5.30 p.m. on Altitude TV. Like the heat out of Jimmy Butler, they're not expected, though, to be among the top teams in the East. But the reason they're on this list, it's a similar reason to why the 76ers are on this list. But Denver visits Miami here for the final game of a long four-game road trip in mid-March where the Nuggets will get this. Listen to this road trip closely. It's probably the most ridiculous one of the year. Denver goes from Oklahoma City to Toronto and then to Chicago and finally to South Beach, to Miami. You guys got that? Oklahoma City, up to Toronto, down to Chicago, then to Miami. And we know why it's tough to play in Miami. First off, the Heat are are always a team that's going to make you bring your best. They're tough at home. They're well-coached, they're disciplined, and they're better than they were last year with Jimmy Butler. You've also got the temptations that come with South Beach that you've got to worry about. So that's going to be a really tough game. Probably not one that a lot of people have circled, but definitely one that will be tough when we get to March 25th and the Nuggets are on the final stop of that ridiculous road trip. Next up on my three toughest games, final one on this list, March 31st at the Warriors, The Nuggets won a league-best 12-1 on back-to-backs last season. And like I said, again, have 13 on their schedule for this year. But this is their toughest back-to-back of the year in my book. In Golden State, on the second night of a back-to-back, a day after hosting the Thunder in Denver. This is late in the year. Everybody's going to be tired. Nuggets will have already played the Warriors a couple times, but Clay Thompson, who will miss the first part of the year, will probably be back or it seems like he'll be back from his torn ACL by March so he'll be healthy and you guys know I think the Warriors are getting slept on in the West they've got Curry they've got Draymond Green they've got D'Angelo Russell and once the all-star break hits they'll probably get Klay Thompson back soon after that so that will be an extremely tough game as well in Golden State March 31st potentially against a fully healthy Warriors team 24 hours after hosting the Thunder, who won't be as good as they were last season, but will still be feisty, I think, at home. Finally, I know I touched on this earlier, but really my last takeaway from the schedule, a few more notes about this Christmas Day game. Nuggets will face Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, like I already went over, but just a larger note about playing on Christmas. It's kind of like Thanksgiving in the NFL. Marquee games, a lot of the stars play, On Thanksgiving, a lot of the stars play on Christmas, but it's almost like Christmas in the NBA is a little peek into which teams you really have to watch, like which teams actually matter. And I think the overall takeaway from Denver getting on Christmas this year, ahead of Utah, right, ahead of Portland, right, is because the Nuggets like not only made a big impression on the NBA schedule makers by going seven games with Portland last year in what was Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, Monte Morris, Blake Beasley's first time in the postseason, Will Barton's first time in the postseason playing significant minutes. But they also have a star in Nikola Jokic that by now everybody knows is one of the more fun players in the league to watch. They play an awesome style. They just have really exciting players. And I just think it's really significant that Denver's playing on Christmas. And so I know I already went over it, but just wanted a final word there that I'm 
didn't know if I was expecting Denver to get a Christmas Day game, but the fact that they did is no small feat for sure, and I think it's a bit of insight into Denver still was a bit slept on last year. They're not going to be slept on this year. Expectations are going to be sky high, and I think they can fulfill them. Uh, But for sure, they're not going to get slept on anymore. All right, that's all I got for today's show. Thanks, guys, for listening. I'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk to you then. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today.